Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast, where coaches who are not quite ready to hire a team can learn sufficient skills in tech, marketing, and systems to bring their business forward and become profitable enough to make their first hire. Let's get started with your host, Alvern Ballard. Hello, and you're very welcome to this episode. This is Alvern. And today we'll be looking at how to get clients online, 41 proven ways. Are you ready? Let's do this. So Rebecca lost her job last week and she decided she wanted her own online business, but she had one problem. She didn't know how to get clients online. Her background and experience spanned 20 years working for Fortune 500 companies in her capacity as a human resources director. So the idea of doing any kind of sales and marketing for a business was foreign to her altogether. However, she knew that for her business to make money, she needed to figure out how to get clients fast. Let me know if you find these, any of these relatable. You've always wanted to start your own business, but wondered how to make it work. The whole nine to five job scene is no longer appealing. The fear of failure at a business venture is keeping you stuck in that cubicle. Getting that first client would really boost your confidence by 1000%. If only you knew how to navigate the digital marketing world effectively to find paying clients. In this episode, you'll learn practical ways to get clients online that would say yes to you, even though you don't have any experience as an entrepreneur. So let's look at one thing first, how to build trust and authority. So before diving into the process of finding clients for your new business, let's talk about building trust or maybe even your existing business. Believe it or not, the number one reason why potential clients may not say yes to you is because they don't trust you. You're probably thinking, well, Alvern, I don't trust me either. So why should my potential clients? The truth is the only difference between you and a person who has been in business for three to 10 years is that they are more confident than you. Yes, confidence is the thing that separates those who book clients and those who don't. Don't believe me? So how do you get clients to trust you? Did you know that potential clients will check you out before deciding to have an initial chat? Since this is the case, it is important for you to give them something to chew on by creating two to three social media profiles, potentially a website, and this would help you establish an online present. presence. Here's what you can do. Choose a business name. Trust me, I know you're probably thinking that is hard, or maybe it's easy for you, I don't know, but for me, even my current business name, uh, although I chose it, uh, how many years ago? Six years ago? Yeah, six years ago. And I've been running this business over six years since inception. I chose this name and I was 95% sure of it. And I'm still 95% sure of it. Every time I go to you know, say what it is, I, I, I kind of stumble and fall because I'm thinking, ah, I should really change that business name because I'm still not 100% sure. So if you struggle with your business name, I totally relate. You can just use your own name and move on from there and then change it later. Okay. Number one, create an Instagram profile with your business name and obviously build out that profile with nine blocks. Because people, what is more important than the, the first nine blocks of your Instagram profile? Number two, publish a Facebook business page. Again, fill out as many gaps as you possibly can and then give the page the name of the same business. So the, your Instagram profile and your Facebook business page must have the same business name. And number three, create a simple website. It can be just a one-page website. 
you can do something like Canva to do it or any of those really simple um, things. If you can't do the website, at least you have two places where clients can go and check you out, good and good. Right now, it may all seem um, quite um, quiet because you don't have any content published yet, but hang tight because we look at that next. What content to publish on social media? <laughs> I have you there. I've got you, girl. I've got you. When you're just starting in business, it's really difficult to figure out everything on your own. One of the things uh, include one of those things includes knowing what to post on social media, also known as content marketing. The number one tip I'm going to give you next is going to change your life forever. Well, almost. <laughs> Here's why. Most solopreneurs complain that social media feels like a constant, const, constant content hamster wheel, where you have to post fresh content daily. However, I can tell you that three times a week is fine, and that's in the first year or so. Uh, after that, you can post once a week. It's fine. I haven't posted on any of my social media profiles except my Facebook group for probably a week, maybe two. I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> because. Okay, I do have some um, some automation happening in the back of my Facebook page and on Twitter. But other than that, I and probably potentially LinkedIn as well. Other than that, I don't have anything happening there at all. I just I don't I just don't have time. I just don't post. Um, the circuit is come to coming up with three hundred and sixty five days of content ideas. Now, here you go. Here's here's a secret. Write down the top twelve topics in your niche. If you get stuck, remember that you can always use ChatGPT to help you complete the, the list. Now that you have a list, head over to answer the public, type each topic out and take note of the top 30 questions on each one. So you're trying to figure out based on your topic, what people, what are the 30 questions people are asking around a topic. And each question, of course, needs to be unique. Some of them could be a little like a, a tweak on the other, but try to find 30 unique questions. At the time of creating this particular resource, you could you could create a free account on Answer the Public and get free three free three free searches a day. Okay, there's also the option to get a lifetime account for seventy nine bucks, and you can do that if you want. So, what to do with those questions from Answer the Public? Well, let's look at it. Now that you have the questions, that means you should have twelve topics with thirty questions, twelve threes are 36, so we have 360 questions in total. Okay, now that you have the questions, be sure to grab the one with the highest number of searches. So if you have a paid account with Answer the Public, you will see how many searches for each question. Um, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, but the reason why you're choosing the, the one with the highest number of searches is that that's the one that will actually get you um, results faster. So you, you, you still have to, to publish or write content around all 360 topics. But the, the, the reality is you can start with the highest or whichever one feels most comfortable or whatever it is. Um, you can choose to do all the questions focused on a specific topic in one month or place them in a spreadsheet and then shuffle them. For each question, create a content suitable for each social media type. So here's an example of what I mean. When one of the questions of the topic for lead generation was how to generate leads on Facebook ads. I can map out content like this, a carousel on Instagram posts, so like with 10 slides, uh, a reel outlining the same question. So going through that question on a real thing, you know, step-by-step, step, how to how to um, generate leads on Facebook ads. I can repurpose a reel and 
and stuck it on TikTok and as well as my personal profile, uh, professional profile as a reel. You can create a simple post on your Facebook business page because obviously Facebook business page just do carousels, but you can literally do that on uh, your Facebook business page as an image and tell people if they want it, they can sh shout, make, uh, shout it and you can send it to them by email or whatever it is. You can create an entire blog post and a podcast episode like I'm doing right now uh, on that specific topic. Then you can repurpose your carousel um, and caption from, from uh, Instagram and put it as a post on LinkedIn. So do you see that one piece of content can literally get you six to 12 different types of posts. You can put on you know, different, many different platforms, but that's just an example of what you can do. You can even create a different blog post and stick it on Medium. You know, I can go on and on and on. So as you can hear or see, one of the questions, one question can lead to several pieces, several different pieces of content. Just in case you want access to the show notes, because in the show notes, I have this all listed out. Head over to success on scramble.com forward slash EP268. That's success on scramble. Sorry, success on scramble.com. Now you know why I want to change the business name. Success on scramble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to the show notes. Okay. Now. One of the very, 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 very most or even most important things to consider before you even try to find clients online is figuring out this one thing, your ideal client. If you're one of my existing blog readers and podcast listeners, you know, you should know by now the importance of focusing on your ideal client. Are you unsure as to who your ideal customer or target audience is? Yes, it's good. You can find clients online, but are they your ideal clients? Will they bring, make you feel fulfilled when you complete the work? Are they going to give you trouble? Can they afford you? You know, there are all these questions. Figure out who this person is, who you'd like to serve. I struggled with this for a few years to myself, so I, I can totally relate. It's a bit of a struggle because when I first started, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to get started because I don't know who my ideal client is. I'm not even sure what I'm going to offer. And now here I am six years later. I know who my ideal client is. I know exactly what I need, to, what I can offer because I did it from experience and I was always looking to see, you know, press, testing and trying to order to see which one makes me feel fulfilled, which one makes me get up excited every morning to get that job done. Okay. It was only after working with these few clients that I got to know who, I, who my people are in real life. Recently, I discovered that you can reverse engineer the process of finding your ideal client using AI i.e. artificial intelligence, i.e. chat GPT. Once you have an idea about what you want to offer, you can find your ideal client avatar as follows. Head over to chat GPT and create an account if you don't already have one. Tell chat GPT your profession or area of specialization and ask it to give you a list of services you can offer. I did, I did this pretending to be Rebecca and I got a list of 17 services. Next, pick one of the services listed and ask ChatGPT to outline a program for that specific service. I chose HR strategy and planning and asked ChatGPT for a program outline. Trust me, I have no idea what HR strategy or planning involves. I just let ChatGPT do that work. The next step is to ask ChatGPT who it thinks the ideal client is for the program. I did that again for Rebecca and got a list of company types for business for my by business stage. Finally, ask ChatGPT to create a specific client avatar for the program. I did this for Rebecca and got the screenshot 
I've included in the show notes header with the success on scrambled.com forward slash EP 268. Um, and you will, I will actually talk to that, that, um, ID client avatar for you to a point. I wouldn't go through every single nitty gritty detail because it would make this episode way too long. Okay. So the avatar that chat GPT came up with, her name is Sue, believe it or not. She's age 45, female, based in New York, USA, married and has two children. Uh, her job title, uh, the uh, occupation job title, she, CEO, tech company, IT, employee size. They, so a tech company, employee size is 100 people. Soon, what, what Sue's needs and challenges are? Sue's company is rapidly growing and evolving with new funding and expanding market presence. So she already knows, Rebecca already knows that she's looking for someone who likes Sue, who's a CEO of a tech startup um, in the IT world with 100 employees. I mean, that is like super focus. Uh, Sue's need is that she's finding it difficult to attract or retain right talent and highly competitive in the highly competitive tech industry. So ChatGPT actually gives Rebecca the needs and challenges of a potential client, the goals. Let me give you the goals. Sue wants her company to be seen as a desirable place to work to attract high quality talent. I have no idea how to do that. Rebecca probably knows. She wants to improve employee retention engagement. That's the goals. The values. Sue values innovation, continuous learning, and positive work culture. Sue believes in, in treating employees fairly and providing opportunities for growth and development. Personality. Sue is ambitious, forward thinking, and open minded. She's problem, a problem solver, always looking for better ways to do things. So this to me just blows my mind. Only up until a few years ago, we didn't have artificial intelligence to use in this way. And now, six years ago, when I started my business, you guys, <laughs> six years ago, when I started my business, this never existed. And now here we are, it's existing today. And any one of you listening to me on this podcast episode and you never heard of ChatGPT before, or, or even Jasper, or any of those um artificial intelligence tools, please use it to the best of your ability. You have this resource to hand, something I never had for myself. So when I started, like I said, it was hard to choose a business name. Probably I should have had ChatGPT at the time and I could use it to, you know, get a business name for me. Anyway, next on the list is your client sales funnel. So remember the topic of this is how to find a client online. We've so far we've looked at what did we look at? We look at the client avatar. We've looked at um, how to become trustworthy because clients need to trust you first, and then how to create content for those trustworthy profiles, Instagram, Facebook, on wherever, Twitter, wherever else you want to do, so clients can check you, you know, nose around and check you out online. So now we're going to look at the actual sales process. So if a client finds you, what does that process look like, or what? In other words, the content you create should speak to this particular person in a form of a funnel. If you've never heard the word funnel before, oh my goodness, think of it as a journey. The funnel is just basically a journey for your, your, your client, potential customers. They go through in order to make a decision to buy your service. Okay, so just before I go into a lot of details about how to find clients, it's important to, that you have a system in place for client acquisition. The reason for this is that every potential client is at different stages of the decision-making process. So you'll need to, to nurture them along the way. Uh, I've included an example in the show notes, show notes of the client journey. They go through the awareness, the stages of awareness, interest, consideration, conversion, and retention. Um, 
I have clients that, I, that I'm working with are in different stages of this particular client journey. Um, some of them, one of them specifically is at that consideration stage and another one is at retention stage. Uh, two of them actually at retention stage. Okay. Head over to the show notes, successunscramble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to all of the show notes, all of the images, all of the outlines, all of the resources. So much to give you. Oh my goodness. Okay. One other important thing to note is that it is a lot easier to convert leads into sales if your prospective client are problem away. If you if you need help understanding what that means, again, I've included a diagram in the show notes that shows you what problem away is. In other words, people, um, there are people out there who have a problem, but they don't know what the problem is and they don't know what the solution is. Um, so they can't they can't tell you, okay, this is the problem. All they know is that I have a problem and I can't figure out what it is. But for you to find clients, you're better off finding a, a, a potential client who is already aware of the problem and they can go into Google and search exactly what it is. This is my problem. How do I find a solution? How do I blah? But when they, are, they have this problem, they don't know what it is. They, they try this, they try it. They're not really sure what it is. It's really much, it's much harder to convert those people into customers because they don't know what they're, you can't sell them your solution because they don't know what, is, what the potential solutions are. Okay. When someone is problematic, you don't need to spend a lot of time educating them about their problem before you can introduce your solution. Now that you know who your target market is, what content you need to provide at which stage of the journey, let's go and help you find them. You're excited? Oh my goodness, this is getting so exciting. Okay, how to find clients online. You, you probably already know this, but there are so many ways to find clients online because it all depends on your niche and your potential clients. The first step, ask yourself, where do your clients hang out? What resources do, you, you, they, do they use to find their solutions? Knowing this will help you solve a lot of, uh, uh, sorry, save a lot of time and money Write a short list of the top five places where you believe your client is hanging out. It could be wrong. It could be right. But let's look at these 41 plus ways to find clients online. Whether you are doing freelance work or virtual assistant or a side hustle or just a regular small business, looking for clients online can be hard. You're going to find these techniques valuable to your situation. No matter what business model you have, or maybe you have an established small business, and you're considering pivoting into a, a, offering something for service providers, there'll be something here for you too. If you enjoy core pitching by writing cold emails or messages, I'll talk about a powerful tool that you can use to help you do that as well. Okay, number one, first please, Instagram content. Yes, suppose your business is focused on offering services related to Instagram, like social media management, social media strategy, reels creation, editing, etc on a number of social media platforms. The best platform for you to publish content regularly is Instagram. Duh! I know it's, I'm not saying this to be something snobby, but sometimes, the, like I said, the place to um, find clients online to be literally right under your nose. Even if you don't offer any of the, uh, on any offers, products or services related to Instagram, you can still get clients on this platform by focusing on reels and carousel posts, as well as stories. Your content should offer a scroll-stopping value so that you can attract engagement and get visits to your profile as well as link clicks. If all else fails, you can use Gary Vee's um, $1.80 rule. Uh, and there's an actual tool called $1.80. I've, I've, I've left a link in the show notes 
um, that you can use to implement Gary V's one, one AG rule. Gary's 182 rule is a bit complex. Basically, what it is you have to do is find find your the influencers or leaders where your potential clients hang out. Say you have maybe 10 of them and go and comment on their top nine posts every single day. And your potential clients will notice you after you've commenting on that post. That's a lot of work, by the way, uh, just in case you're wondering, but it works. Okay. Oh my, a few years ago, when TikTok was new on the scene, everyone thought it was a platform for only young people. Now here we are, and it is considered mainstream because of the fact that you don't have to dance or get to or get your to get your point across. So how do you win on TikTok? Find three to five counts, accounts that resonate with your audience and take note of their handles. Take a look at their last 10 to 20 videos. And what you're you're looking for are those videos that receive a high a higher number of engagement compared to the other videos. So, say for example, this person uh, published fifty videos in the last month. You're going to look at all the fifty videos and look for the outliers, ones that has exceptionally higher engagement, views, links, sorry, likes, that kind of a thing. Look at the caption. So, look at the content. Look at the caption. Look at the hashtags that they use and create something similar to get that same audience to recognize you and your content. Yes, there's a thing of getting 1,000 followers on on TikTok first. That way you can leave a link, um, what do you call it, link in bio. So um, consider doing that as well. But at least to get a 1,000, you need to actually get people to notice your notice you, your account and follow you. Number three. Oh my goodness, this is we're only number three and there's 40 of them to go. So here we go. Until recently, I always believed that I couldn't use my Facebook personal profile to build awareness for my business. One day I published a reel that got over 2,000 views, which really surprised me. Since then, I switched to the professional or creator mode of my, and my personal profile, and I've been getting great engagement on my content. Of course, there are a ton of other things you need to do, um, which you can find in the training. I've left a link in the show notes. By the way, this is very different from your Facebook business page. And from your Facebook group, I mean, there's so many different aspects of Facebook, but this is very different from that. At number four, we've got, I'll tell you in a second, I'll be honest, I never saw Eventbrite as a place to find clients until I saw a 60-minute training on how effective this can be. It does require you to host a recurring training at a basic level over a period of six weeks. A good example of this would be Introduction to Social Media Management. As you do this over over time, you will build up a following on Eventbrite. After hosting the training, you, you can have a call to action for viewers to book some time in your calendar to discuss the requirements further. And Eventbrite is free, except if it is you want, if it is your, your selling offering, you're saying selling, even though your training is free, they call it selling tickets. So if you're selling 100 tickets, if you want to sell 100 tickets, you need to use a paid version of Eventbrite. But if you're only selling 25 tickets for each event that you're having, then you can use a free version of Eventbrite. Okay, number five, one of my favorites. Um, did you just cringe at a thought of running Facebook ads? <laughs> yes, there are a lot of people who had terrible experiences with running Facebook ads, including me, by the way, including me. But I can assure you that this stuff actually works. 
There are two different ad campaigns that will get you results fast. The secret is to getting results using Facebook advertising is to start with a lead magnet. Using Facebook lead ads and a budget of between $300 and $500 a month, you'll be able to grow an email list of 300 leads every month. Now think about that. 300 people who are interested in what you're offering. I've created an entire resource on this. If you listen to my podcast regularly, you know I've created this before. But if you're new, I've left a link in the show notes. Head over to successandscramble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to that specific episode. An alternative method to get clients is by using Messenger ads. But you really need to know what your target clients really well in order to use Messenger ads. Next, we've got webinars. So depending on where you are in your business, webinars, also called masterclasses, are a great way to get new clients. This type of resource is only good if you offer if your offer is $500 or more. And yes, as a service provider myself, my offer is $500 or more. But I hmm, will I ever use webinars to get clients? I don't think so. I, maybe, maybe not. It depends. It does involve setting up a high converting funnel around a webinar to include follow-up emails, but it, will, it certainly does work. I've, I've, I've um, set this up for clients all the time. The issue is it's, it's much better to do it for an, like an evergreen course as opposed to getting clients that you have to service one-on-one, if that makes sense. But it does work for either one. But this is a very complex way of going about it. You're better off using something simpler. If it is you don't have a, a, a big enough budget and you don't have, um, you don't have, you know, technical know-how and all of that. But this is an option anyway. You need to have an offer that's already been validated in order for webinars to truly bring revenue into your business. Number seven, we've got workshops. This one is really cool because this one can be online and offline, but I know we're focusing on online. Think of workshops as a way that help your clients to get a quick turnaround to a specific corner of your business. For example, if you teach people how to become a five-figure food blogger, then your workshop will focus on only one part of it, like maybe food photography for beginners. Workshops work or for even yeah, beginner, beginner bloggers. Workshops are a great way to give potential clients a taste of what it's like to work with you, and it could be a part of your larger value ladder or business uh, product suite. At number eight, we've got Pinterest organic marketing. So many people continue to underestimate the power of Pinterest. Yes, it's not like how it used to be um, during the years 2010 to 2019, but I still get potential clients visiting my blog from Pinterest every single day. You need to keep in mind that it takes between three to four months for a pin to really get into its groove. And then from there onwards, it keeps delivering traffic year after year after year after year. (laughs) Using Tailwind to help you schedule your pins can save you a lot of stress and anxiety. Also remember that you can get potential clients from Tailwind communities too. Next on the list is Pinterest ads or what they call also known as promoted pins. If your clients hang out on Pinterest, you are running uh, and you're running an event like a five-day challenge, using promoted pins can be a great way to get more signups in a short period of time. What's great about promoted pins is that you have the ability to, to target potential clients by keywords. In terms of campaign uh, objectives, you can target by awareness, consideration, or conversion. I've actually left a screenshot in the show notes that success on scrambled.com forward slash EP268. And you will get access to the show notes showing you the screenshot of all of this. Equally, there are also uh, exciting options available when it comes to targeting. And currently, 
The available options are audience lists, interests and keywords, demographic placements and tracking. It's important that you set up your Pinterest pixel in order to target an existing audience or even a lookalike audience for people who engage with a website or blog. At number 10, goodness, we've got 30 left guys, 30. Okay, at number 10, if you if you want to build authority over a long period of time, let's say five to 10 years, then starting a blog is a great way to create impact that moves the needle. Depending on your marketing strategy, you can have a blog with about 20 blog posts that are very high quality answering the top 20 questions in a niche. There are some businesses, business models where a blog is one of the main sources of income, which means they need to create three to five times blogs, three to five times a week. But if you're a service provider, only 20 blog posts will get you there. As in getting clients, people, you know, nose around, they'll find your article somewhere online, they'll follow the blog post, read it, and then you have a call to action at the end. Whichever option you decide is best for your business, remember that getting clients from blogging only happens when you have a funnel implemented to grow your email list. In other words, at the end of the reading the blog post or somewhere in between, you can say, want to get more, you know, some kind of complimentary thing, like a checklist or whatever, sign up thing. When they sign up, then you nurture them through emails to get them to do something else, like sign up, um, book a call with you, whatever that is. And number 11, we've got podcasting. Oh my, starting a podcast can be quite scary because unlike a blog, you'll have to show up regularly and people will hear your voice. I know, it's scary. When I first started the podcast, um, I was and I was I was nervous. I was absolutely nervous. I had no idea that it, I would be still here uh, six years later. I just had no idea because I was like, "What will I talk about?" I have no idea what to talk about. Like, this is impossible. Anywho, the great thing about having a podcast is that you get to decide what kind of style you would like to implement. The styles, including solo interview, co-host storytelling, bite size, and panelists. I prefer, I, I love doing interviews, but it takes the, the actual post-production of doing interviews is quite overwhelming. It takes, and it's, you know, it takes a lot of time and the ROI isn't that great, but a podcast will actually also help you um, build authority. In other words, you can get really creative when it comes to creating episodes. Now my preferred method is solo. You can also decide to get it in seasons and you can also dictate the frequency, etc. When I first started my podcast, I was terrified that I would run out of content and I was doing it once a week. Um, and here I am, six years later, I'm doing it uh, every two weeks and I haven't run out of things to say just yet. I actually have an idea for 40 more um, podcast episodes right now as I'm sitting down chatting with you. Um, the, the only hang up is finding time to create the actual um, show notes to get it done. Okay, at number 12, we've got guest podcasting. So that's on the flip side of this coin is the idea of becoming a guest on other people's podcasts. The one thing disliked about having guests on my show was the post-production, like I mentioned. It took so much time. However, being a guest is easy. You just show up, answer questions, get exposure to other people's audience, and yes, the rest is history. You can do this two to three times a week or 50 weeks a year. Of course, you need to have an amazing story, hack, or success to share. It's important to have an easy way for listeners to reach out uh, to you or join an email list after the show. At number 13, we've got guest blogging. 
being a guest on someone else's blog isn't as easy as being interviewed on a podcast. Guest blogging would require you to create a unique piece of content that will resonate with other people's audience. Many blogs that accept guest posts will also have a list of requirements for you to follow so that you can abide by their rules. Depending on the blog, there's a chance that you will need you will not be able to share links of to an offer. Sometimes you'll get a link to a homepage of a website. At number 14, we've got YouTube videos. One of the strategies that continue to grow your list on autopilot year after year is having your own YouTube channel. Yes, I know that you are cringing at the thought of creating videos every single week. <laughs> There's also the fact that you need to edit those videos in such a way that will grow your, your channel. At the end of the day, video marketing is not for everyone, but if you can do it, then it will be worth the effort, especially after getting your first 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. It also builds authority, by the way. Um, but it's a long game. It's, you're talking about three years. You need to be doing this for three three years to get any kind of tr good traction. Unless you have like one really, really viral piece of content that get 5 million views, then it won't have to be three years. But it's it's most people, it's three years. Display ads. A huge shortcut to getting your own content seen on YouTube is display ads. In other words, this type of ad is created inside Google Ads platform and it allows you to display your video in front of other people's organic videos on YouTube. So it, it's like a YouTube hack, I suppose. When you are setting up the campaign, you love the option of targeting specific channels where you, your ad will be displayed. It's important that your video grabs the attention of your audience within three seconds for this to work. And you get clients. This is how people get clients all the time. You sort of, I mean, you, you've been on YouTube, you've seen the ads, what we call a bumper ad. It plays for six seconds and then you can click the skip. Uh, some of them play for six seconds and you can't, you can't click the skip ad buttons. Others, they play for five seconds and you can click the skip ads button. But basically that's what they do. That they're doing. They're actually reaching out to get clients. Okay, number six, we've got the five-day challenge. A few years ago, five-day challenges were all the rage. Nearly everyone and their grandmother were having five-day challenge. Times have changed to a certain extent and having a five-day challenge isn't as popular unless it really focuses on delivering a promise where people feel really and truly stuck. The bottom line is that five-day challenges do require a specific delivery method, which uh, Alina Vincent teaches subordinately in her online course. Yes, you can do it without her help, but why put yourself through that unnecessary hassle? It's a great way to get people onto your list and then you can sell them. Because the, problem, the, the biggest problem people have is getting people to sit down and listen to them. Once you've got people in front of you, then you can sell them whatever you want. Number 17 is a summit. Have you ever attended a summit? Have, have, I've attended many of them and I've been a speaker at, at three of them at this stage, I think. It's a great method for generating leads. This is going to sound really weird, but at the time... <laughs> I wasn't even interested in obtaining an email address for one of the attendees. I've seen them somewhere, but I can't remember where they are. I guess at the time, I didn't have an offer that I thought was relevant. In short, participating in a summit is a great way to grow your email list and reach out to new potential customers. Other people's list is at number 18. At the time of creating this resource, ConvertKit recently launched what they call a creator network where you can collaborate with other people who have email lists. The catch is that you'll need to be a creator uh, on the Creator Pro plan, say that really fast, which gives you access to newsletter referral system. As far as I can remember, there are, there are also other criteria 
to be able to use this referral system. But if you're interested, you can um, it can set you back 79 bucks a month. Other ways is that you can um, be a JV partner, like you can uh, get affiliates, uh, joint venture uh, partnerships, etc., where you can market or promote your services to other people's lists that way. At number 19, we've got press releases. So a press release is still a thing. <laughs> well, if you said yes, then you're right. Head over to Google, type in the t any topic or person's name and take a look at the news tab. You'll see that even today with the trend of 100% digital businesses, artificial intelligence, space travel, you can still do press releases with success. It's weird. Why? Because people are nosy. <laughs> they always want to know what's happening in the lives of other people. They look up uh, to. So solutions are, you know, available. Simply head over to the, to the, this list to look at the top 10 press release services available today. I've left a link in the show notes. Um, head over to success and scramble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to that list of the top 10 press release services that you can use to promote your business. Number 20, we've got halfway there, guys, halfway there. LinkedIn articles. Have you ever done a search on Google only to find a LinkedIn article in the top 10 results? Well, there's a, there's, here's why that is the case. As a platform, LinkedIn has a domain authority of 99 out of 100. Think about that for a second. 99 out of 100, which is really powerful. So when you publish an article on their platform, you get eyeballs from your network. However, your article will rank on page one of Google search results page, especially if the competing content isn't as strong as your article. It's important to remember that you'll need to have a LinkedIn profile in order to write the articles. And remember, at the end of the article, you can put the call to action to either join your list or book a call with you or whatever that thing is that you need, what you, the next step that you want them to take. And number 21, We've got LinkedIn posts and videos. So this is a normal activity on LinkedIn. Another cool way to track high-paying clients to your services is publishing content like videos or regular image posts, etc. This does require some something different in actual content itself. It does require a bit of market research. Look at a few profiles that attract your potential clients into their content and make a note of what they're posting in terms of content, hashtags, length of captions, etc. As a general rule, Content will fall into four categories, emotional, entertainment, educational, or some people call it edutainment, educational entertainment, uh, and engagement. Have a look at what's working for your audience and, you know, create one of those. Um, at number 22, we've got, okay, it's, I say expos, but it's actually Twitter posts, formerly Twitter expos. Um, so at the time we're recording this, Twitter has already become X. <laughs> no one saw this one coming, but now that Twitter has become X, it is difficult to say what will happen over the next few years. What we do know is that everything seems to be normal on that platform. Well, normal-ish. The key differentiating factor of Twitter, I just can't say X, it just doesn't make sense, is that it's, it's great for live events or getting live updates of anything that's happening in the world. If your strategy is to publish facts or general information, the type of post that does great is statistics or infographics, really, really well. List posts are valuable as well. At number 23, we've got, again, Twitter, but it's, um, it's Twitter threads or X threads, 
potentially one of the most unique types of social media posts is a, uh, a thread post. It, ta- it takes some thinking creatively to decide which, what is, sorry, what to post and how to lay it out in a thread format. Some people are gifted in this area, but for the rest of us, we can depend on a tool like um, this one. I've left a link in the show notes. It's called Hyperfury. Uh, it c- even comes with a free version. What I like about it is that it helps you helps you by providing with a viral tweet with viral tweet examples as well as prompts to write threads. Remember that the most important section of your Twitter profile or your Twitter account is your profile. Um, so use that real estate wisely. So in other words, when people come, they see a post. What do they do? They click over to your profile, and you in your profile you should have a link to um, Rachel Peanuts. Always say you know have she has a what they call a milkshake link and when the person click on the link they actually have 10 or 12 options or maybe five to ten options of things to do okay join my email list download this free guide sign up to this buy that whatever whatever and people get to choose whichever one they want and it works really amazingly far so you can have a link to a single resource or have a link that has several links in it. that's what i'm trying to say number 24 we've got joint ventures one of the, the things I enjoy about joining coaching programs is the ability to develop relationships with peers in the industry. Yes, there is actually a website called, I think I'll, I'll figure out what it's called in a second. Um, ever since I started my online business, I've met so many like-minded entrepreneurs online from around the world and all walks of life. You build relationships with these people, which leads to trust and then that desire to want to help each other out to succeed, to succeed in life. So this is where developing joint ventures is so lucrative. Someone is doing a summit and they are looking for a specialist in TikTok marketing. If this is your area, then you can put your name, throw your name in the hat. If you if you don't have any, if you're not part of any coaching programs or are you looking for joint vendor partnerships, you can always join a program called JVZoo and that's J-V-Z-O-O. I think it's J-V-Zoo, JVZoo.com where you can sign up and become a, a a joint venture partner, I suppose when you call it, and then people who subscribe to that service will get notifications of you wanting to promote a particular product or service, and they can promote it to their list and get paid for doing that. So that's another way around the DJ. I'll add it. I'll actually add this in the show notes so that you can get access to it. Just thought about it in the top of my head. At number twenty-five, we've got sponsorships. Oh, this is a this one is a kind of a weird one. Um, recently, I was given the opportunity to sponsor a magazine, which sounded like a great idea at first. All they wanted was three hundred dollars, and my business will be featured in three issues, and they have a large audience. There are a few things to consider when considering sponsorships: who is the audience, what size of the audience, what offer will appeal to them, what is return and potential return on investment, and are your goals realistic to, in terms of getting it. So, in other words. If I advertise in this magazine, I spend $300, will I get $300 back? And is that goal realistic? The thing is, because I've never done um, sponsorship of magazines, I decided not to go ahead. So in my opinion, sponsorships are great for growing brand awareness or keeping your brand on top of mind for a target audience. Not sure about getting clients for my type of business. However, if you have like an e-com business where you sell products like Body creams, perfumes, that kind of thing. Yes, definitely go with that way. But for people who offer a service like I do, I don't think it's it's a good one. But I put it out there because 
You might be listening to this and you might have products that you can sell and that's awesome. That will work for you perfectly. At number 26, this one is very funny. Depending on the type of business you have and where you're located, using online directories can be a great way to find clients. I literally had to stop when I was creating this resource and go and look up Yellow Pages. <laughs> was it still a thing? I couldn't believe my eyes. It actually existed. While it has been a rocky road for the Yellow Pages, we are now seeing a plethora of similar directories like Bark, Thumbtack, Yelp, lots of directories where you can go and search and find, you know, potential service, well, services and where you can subscribe and, and potential clients can find you. The most important thing to remember is that there are people looking for services on these platforms. So it actually works. I literally get um, notifications of these people looking for services all day long. And I don't take them on because my the, my um, price range is really way outside of their budget. So depending on where you are and your budget, the, the pricing for your products and services, you can use places like Bark, Thumbtack, and, and the rest of them. And number 27, we've got Facebook groups. Y'all, we're getting there. If there is one place I like to find potential clients is inside Facebook groups. I found at least three clients using this technique, three. And I could probably find more, but hey, I was surprised to learn that you can join a maximum of 6,000 Facebook groups. I thought that was so funny. Who on earth joined 6,000 Facebook groups? I mean, 5,000 even. I'm not sure why on earth anyone would want to join 1,000 groups, let alone 6,000. When you think of all of the successful digital businesses, that you follow, they they all have one thing in common. They have a Facebook group or two or three. If you are interested in becoming a digital nomad, you can join my Facebook group. I've left a link in the show notes. Head over to successandscramble.com forward slash EP268 and you can get access to all of that. In large business groups, both clients and service providers hang out there together. Most importantly, you can do a search in Facebook groups to find what your potential client need is and develop services around their, their pain points. I'll have to do a separate resource about goldmine. The goldmine exists inside these communities sometime soon. It's probably one of my 40 ones that I'm thinking of. At number 28, we've got speaker opportunities. So it's a select summit, but different. A great way to get in front of an existing audience is by offering to speak on a topic of your choice. You can also be become a, a paid international speaker if this is something you'd like to do for a living. If you've ever watched someone do a presentation on TED Talk, then you know how valuable it is to be a speaker on stage. It brings you instant credibility and the opportunity to showcase to the world your brilliance. Of course, you can acquire clients using this method as well. Quora, as in Q-U-O-R-A. While Quora is not as popular as Google, Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram, it is a great place to answer popular questions and grow your authority. You can also take a look at what questions are being asked and piggyback on the popular ones to increase your clout. Finding clients on Quora is a long game because just like blogging, you get better return on investment if you stick to it. I've included an example in the show notes. In the example, you'll see a user who gained 3,000 followers over a period of two to three years. Yes, I said two to three years just by um, answering questions on on Quora. Uh, so if you, you want over 1.3 million eyeballs on your business, give Quora a try. At number 30, we've got course marketplaces. If you ever purchase a course on Udemy 
or Coursera, you'll know that finding courses on business topics is easy. However, what you may not know or may not have noticed is that a profound ability to get instant authority and recognition from them. In fact, many big names in the industry have used Udemy as a platform to build authority. If you introduce a radio program or podcast as a coach with 5,000 students and 1,500 five-star reviews, people would sit up and listen. They don't care if you have 5,000 students only paid $9.99 for the course. They just know that you are a leader. Of course, it means that you get clients as well from Udemy and your interviews. At number 31, we've got Reddit. Yes, Reddit. I was really shocked when I was doing my research for this one. That's just like, there it is. Oh my goodness. Okay. One, <laughs> one of those platforms that not, not that's not your usual place to find clients is Reddit. While I don't have any direct experience finding clients on Reddit, I know it's a great, a great way to gain exposure. How? I was browsing Reddit to find a golden nuggets recently and found a little piece of a gem. Um, what I liked, again, I've left a link in the show notes. It's just so much content in this episode. Oh my goodness. Head over to the show notes, successandscrabble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to this. What I liked about it is that it shows us an example of how to link an external resource like a YouTube video to grow your audience. And they do allow you to link a, free, a YouTube video. I didn't even know that on Reddit. And you, you can't link a blog post, but you can link a video. Go figure. However, what I also found is a subreddit called For Hire. It is a place where people go to post their jobs that they have available. And I didn't even know it existed before. It's also a place where you can post your availability to do work. Ting, ting, ting. Imagine. I, I never noticed this before. I'm, Reddit is not my go-to place. Trust me. It's just like, meh. Anywho, that's Reddit. Number 32. I almost digressed there. A very cool way to attract your ID clients is to write results-driven posts on a platform like uh, Medium. Like, you know those posts that just tears out and blows your mind? Medium is a good place to do this. Like LinkedIn, Medium ranks really high in the search engine, so, so the unique scroll-stopping articles you publish there will grab attention. The key to focus, the key is to focus on a pain point that your clients struggle with, like meal planning, weight loss, meal prep, storage ideas, Pinterest marketing, etc. At the end of your article, you can have a bio that leads or lead magnet or your services page or directly to your calendar, depending on what you've done. At number 33, we've got Upwork. Um, I'm trying to remember if I wrote an, an absolute... The, the articles I've written on, written on Medium actually were all um, a, a sort of twisted version or tweaked version of my existing articles and my blog. Okay, number 33, Upwork. Many freelancers have a love-hate relationship with Upwork because of the amount of scammers out there. Trust me, I've, I got a, a whole stream of them over the last eight weeks. Also, the rates that clients want to pay, like $5 an hour, meh, no thank you. If you're just starting out and you want to build a portfolio of client work, then Upwork is a great place to start. The key to landing clients to build out is to build out an amazing portfolio and include a video to stand out from the crowd. I personally have made $4,000 on Upwork, so I know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking, about, I'm not talking from theory. I'm literally talking from experience. And the video does help big time. 34, 
Now, Instagram live series. Do you love a challenge? <laughs> when I was first starting online, I challenged myself to go live every day for 30 to 60 days on my Facebook page. While I did not specifically land me a client, it showed me how challenging it can be to do a live every day and it increased my visibility online. Instagram, on the other hand, is a great place to go live and even better if you do can do it with a friend or even three because allow you, you can go live on Instagram up to four people at the same time, you know, sharing that particular spot. The most important thing you need to do is to choose a series of topics that address your potential client's pain points. One main drawback is that you can only get, go live using a smartphone smartphone on Instagram. So for example, I'm doing this particular podcast, 41 Ways to Find Clients Online. I can literally do a series on Instagram, go live 41 times. Of course, I wouldn't do it in 41 days. I'll probably do it from Monday to Friday. Um, and surprise, surprise, it most likely would land me clients. I can almost put my bet my bottom dollar on it. Number 35. This one is a bit of a twisted one, but anyway. While you um, local chamber of commerce, while you probably think that joining the local chamber of commerce is so 1980s, what you need to realize is that people prefer to hire locals. Every chamber of commerce have a listing of all their paid members online, so it's important not to miss out on opportunity to be there. Depending on where you live, whether it be a town or small city, many small businesses like to support a company that is local to them. For 300 bucks a year, you can just get listed and let your potential clients know that you're open for business. Bingo, done. Google My Business is up next. It's number 36. Still on topic of Google local business, Google has a service called Google My Business that helps you get ranked on the first page of your local town. You'll need to have a local address because Google will send up a verification code to your address. So whenever someone searches for a photographer, digital marketer, or plumber, in their local town, your business will be shown in the listings, you know, that six-pack listing. It, it's really simple to complete. You'll need to create a Gmail account for your business and away you go. Number 37, we've got masterminds. Another great way to find potential clients is hosting a free mastermind covering something that your clients struggle with. For example, there are women over 50 who would like to pick up running. If you are an expert in that area, you can host a mastermind for over 50 running running for beginners over 50. A great way to fill seats for this masterclass is by running Facebook ads for the event. You can also have a chat with the owners of Facebook groups where the audience hangs out and do a collaboration with them. At number 38, we are so close to finishing, so just bear with me. <laughs> Standout online membership. A very established way to get in front of other people's audience is to pay to do so. Yes, sometimes it's difficult to find some of these places, but Christina Rowe has a Facebook group with over 700,000 members. One way she helps others to get in front of their audience, of her audience, is through a, a membership called a Standout Online Membership. It's priced at $197 a month, and you get the opportunity to go live every week, get featured in a blog post, be added to their business directory, and be featured in podcast episodes. The only thing left for you to do to, is to become is to come up with an irresistible offer uh, for that for when you go on go live inside of the group. At number thirty nine, we've got AppSumo. So if you are a software developer and you're looking for a way to find beta clients, a great place to find them is on AppSumo. 
Normally, the owner of the software and AppSumo will come to an agreement in terms of payment for publicity. Once that's agreed, AppSumo will promote the software for a few days or weeks so that people will buy the software through a lifetime deal. It's a win-win situation for all involved because small businesses get software they need and for a great price and the software developer gets clients and AppSumo gets paid. Okay, number 41, sorry, number 40, <laughs> I'm rushing this. Fiverr, while Fiverr is similar to Upwork in some ways, it's actually different because they actually have premium services. These include Fiverr Pro, Fiverr Certified, and Fiverr Enterprise. It means that potential clients pay top dollar to get access to freelancers in these three sections. Let's be fair, while Fiverr was built on the premise that you can get almost anything for $5, the platform has grown and become a great place to get stuff for a business. All you need to do is decide what you'd like to offer, set up your seller account, name your price, and wait for the inquiries to start rolling in. And number 41. Okay, before you switch off after 41, I've got actually got a bonus. I've got a number 42. So bear with me. One of the most overlooked places to pick up new clients is, drumroll, job boards. Yes, it may, in many cases, the roles on job boards are looking for full-time employees, but that doesn't mean that a hiring manager is not willing to consider hiring a contractor or freelancer. Popular places to pick up new clients include Indeed, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, and ZipRecruiter. There are also a number of freelancing and contractor-specific job boards, including Flex jobs, people per hour, freelancing females, we work remotely, dynamite jobs, twine, and hiring hire a marketer. Head over to the show notes, successandscramble.com forward slash EP268 to get access to all of the show notes. Trust me, you, you won't regret it. Okay, that's job boards. And number 42, the bonus one, it's cold outreach. Dun, dun, dun. So let's agree on one thing. One of the scariest ways to pick up new clients is by doing cold outreach. Here's the main reason why, fear of rejection. Nobody likes the feel like, uh, feeling of getting a new. However, here's something that you probably don't know. Cold outreach is one of the best ways to get a new client because there's very little competition. To use this method, you'll need to develop a template for yourself where the first paragraph contains a hook that would stop your potential clients in their tracks. A great tool to help you with this is a tool that will will help you get generate these via um, using artificial intelligence and LinkedIn. And it's called Quick, bear me a second, Quick Lines. Quick Lines, again, head over to Shorts to get access to this. And if it is you don't want to do this, you want to stay, in other words, you want to do call outreach, but you want to outsource, you have the money to outsource it. Like say you have $1,000 a month to outsource this so that someone else can do it for you. I've included a link to another resource called Linked VA. Um, where you can hire, um, through an agency, hire a VA who would actually do the call outreach for you. The only thing I don't like about LinkedIn is all based on LinkedIn. And um, I think, as far as I remember, um, you need to give them access to your LinkedIn logins, which is against LinkedIn Terms of Service. Um, but I'm sure you, there's a way you can negotiate around that, hopefully. So just take a look at the service. I think... They do LinkedIn and Instagram as well. So have a look at that. And at least um, with Instagram, you know, you can give someone access to your logins without breaking the terms of service. So here are some frequently asked questions. At this point, you may have additional questions about getting clients online. Here are some of the top questions and answers that people ask on this topic. 
What is the best way to get clients online? It really depends on where you are in your business journey. If you are just starting out as a freelancer on Upwork, Fiverr, Reddit, and a number of freelance groups are best ways to get clients. If you've got money, you can hire it out. If you don't have money, but you have a lot of time, cold outreach is probably the best way to get up with Facebook ads. If you have money, sorry, if you don't have money, um, cold outreach. If you do have money, Facebook ads. How to get clients fast. The fastest way to get clients using paid promotions like Facebook ads, Google, TikTok ads, Instagram ads, all of those. Um, they're very useful for local businesses as well. They actually, it's way cheaper to do it as a local business, especially if you, you sort of, you know, focus on a very small area or geography. So for example, Manhattan only, up, um, you know, very, very small. You, you pay less money than it is you just blasting everyone in the United States. Question number three, how to get my first five clients? There are several ways to get your first five clients. These include referrals from people, you know, responding to job opportunities inside Facebook groups and applying through job boards. Number four, how to get clients with no experience. You can offer uh, offer to do a free 30-day trial with local business at a hourly, lower hourly rate. And after that 30-day period, you can decide to continue on a full contract at standard rates. Number five, why am I not getting clients? Yeah, this one is a hard one. It really depends on what you've tried already to get clients. Remember in this particular, when I started this episode, I said you need to build trust. Get clients to trust you. Make sure you have profiles that out there, Instagram, Facebook, that make you look like a legit business. Because once you're doing business online, the only way people can trust you is by seeing that you have other things out there online that you can use to bring it all unless you do you know like you go to a local authority like not local authority like, sorry local uh, business business chamber of commerce chamber of commerce whatever it's called um then you don't have to have an online thing because they can see you physically in front of them etc if you have done cold outreach or applied rules on job boards it could be that your application process needs tweaking so you know there's different stages of the funnel First thing is that you get, you apply and you get interviews. Oh, sorry, you apply, you don't get interviews. Then you know that you need to, to tweak your application process. Then you've gotten interviews, but you but you never get to the next round of the interviews. Then you know that your interview technique is not, it needs tweaking. Then you get to the next round of interviews, but you still don't get clients. You need to, you need to tweak the second level of your thing. Maybe do a trial, a paid trial. Maybe you need to improve your, your delivery method. All of so many things. There are a number of factors that could affect your ability to land clients. However, with a few simple tweaks, you'll be getting clients in no time at all. As you can see, there are so many options when it comes to finding clients or getting clients online as a freelancer. Depending on the services you offer to clients, there are niche-specific ones, even role-specific channels where you can find clients. The most important thing is figuring out what you are offering because your offer isn't as important as, as the process of finding clients. And also it's something where your potential clients are already hanging out. So in other words, your offer must match your client's needs. If you're applying for roles, but you're not landing clients, consider tweaking your application style. If you're landing tons of interviews, but no one is hiring you, then consider offering something unique, lowering your rates or improving your interview technique. If you need feedback on your client finding techniques, consider joining my Free Facebook group, head of traditional success and scramble.com forward slash EP268. And you get access to all of the different links and resources I've given you on 
inside of the shoe. This episode of the Success Unscrambled podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be the first to learn how to exponentially grow your coaching business with more tips and tricks in tech, marketing, and systems. That way, you can become more profitable, allowing you to hire a supportive team. Remember to leave a five-star rating with valuable feedback so that we can continue to bring you content that gives you results. See you on the next episode. Thank you.